You found Music Heads, your weekly essential music digest. Howdy, I'm Bill DeVille. In this installment, Mark Weed will have a chat with OMD about some of the music they've been listening to in the guest list. He and I will also discuss one of his favorites from the fall and the essentials. Co-music director Melanie Walker has the next big thing. She's all set to talk about Miles Keane, Alex Turner's buddy from Last Shadow Puppets. And in the music meeting, we'll break down the debut from Wild Flag, all in this installment of Music Heads. But first, it's time for the music cast. Melanie Walker's filling in for Jill Riley. It's time for the music cast. Welcome, Mel. Hey, Bill. How's it going? Going good, thanks. Good. Well, we have lots of headlines to check out this week. Unfortunately, a sad one to start. Last Thursday saw the unfortunate passing of Sylvia Robinson. And for those of you who don't know, she was kind of deemed the mother of hip-hop and was the founder and CEO of Sugar Hill Records, which was the first ever hip-hop label. But before pioneering that genre, she was really a successful R&B singer herself in the 50s with a duo called Mickey and Sylvia. Do you, do you remember their big hit? No, what was their big Ain't hit? Love Strange. Oh, I re- I totally remember yeah, that yeah. song. Mm-hmm. You don't remember it song. off the top. It is a yeah. great song. You know, she she went on to become the driving force behind some of the very first hip-hop acts that we all know, uh, producing artists like Sugar Hill Gang and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. But um, unfortunately, she died last Thursday of congestive heart failure at the age of 75. That's good life. Yeah, and she she also was one of the first women to be behind the console, which yes. was, yeah, she that did was a, a lot big, of mixing. That there was, wasn't a lot of women who did that back there in the day. There was not days. a lot of women yeah. who did that mm-hmm. back in the day. So, so good for you, Sylvia. Sorry to see you go. The beloved Austin, Texas venue Emos is actually closing, Bill, which is That's sad really news. sad. Yeah, it's closing. I have, I've had some good times in there. Me too. Many a time <laughs> down at South by Southwest. Well, it's closing this December. Um, it's going out of business. Owner Frank Hendricks told Billboard that it's simply due to competition in the area. While the final show at the venue will be taking place on December 24th, Emos will still be around for a little while to come. They recently opened a second venue in Austin's called Emos East and plan to open a new venue within walking distance of the original Emos as well, but it's still not going to be the same. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. I mean, it's too bad there isn't South by Southwest, uh, you know, 52 weeks a year rather than one, or this place would be doing huge business. I know. <laughs> it, what, it's one of the main venues down yeah. at, at mm-hmm. the festival. Well, sad to see you go, Emos. If you're a fan of fine literature and detailed personal accounts of the lives of uh, kind of the ridiculous, then this one's going to definitely be for you. The infamous Courtney Love is set to release her memoir this fall of 2012, which uh, it should be really an interesting read, to say the least. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering. She did spend some time here in the Twin Cities in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, before, uh, before it all exploded with Hole and Nirvana and so all that. So hopefully we'll have some so, Twin City stories. Yeah, you wonder if there'll be any stories with the girls from Babes in Toyland or anything like that. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Well, a lot of information has not yet been posted uh, around this release yet. It's been noted that the book will shed light not only upon her childhood, but also to set the record straight as far as the truth behind all the rumors that surround Courtney Love. So Sets the record straight from her point of view. From her point of view, <laughs> of course, because it is her memoir. Right. But it, in the end, though, I think this has been a long time coming yeah. and it's going to be interesting to see what she has to say mm-hmm. 
quite a party these days for Block Party. Um, Block Party has been in the news recently about the possibility of them getting a new lead singer. And while he wasn't officially kicked out of the band, as has been speculated, Kelly O'Karake has been pretty busy with his solo career, which we play a little bit here at The Current Bill. But other members have been quoted saying that they would have liked to have continued playing regardless of the fact that Kelly may be too busy to be involved. But despite all the rumors, Block Party has reported that Kelly isn't being kicked out, for the record, though the whole thing remains fairly nebulous. You know, Hmm, I, I I don't know. I mean, if the headlines come out first saying you're kicked out, then maybe you were kicked out. But is there a black party without Kelly O'Karake? I'm not sure. He was kind of the voice behind the band. Wrote the songs and sings the songs? Yeah, I mean, all of his solo work definitely sounded more like block party than a solo record. So it'll be interesting to see what the band sounds like without him. So BlackRock 2, Bill, is really actually never going to happen. Uh, In an interview with Patrick Carney, the drummer of the Black Keys, the record was set straight that the BlackRock 2 album isn't happening all along. He claimed that the trailer that you might have found on our Music Hits blog that we reported about earlier was actually pieced together about two years ago by an (laughs) unauthorized source and just leaked everywhere on the blogs. I mean, all of us were really excited to hear about this new BlackRock 2 album because I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, it was kind of fun. So it's a little strange, but uh, sorry about the misleading information. Although BlackRock 2 might be a bit of a lit down, he said that their new album... Uh, for the Black Keys featuring production by Danger Mouse is right on track, and I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, album. and you know, the whole thing that was weird about the story is well, we everybody knew that the Black Keys have a new album with Danger Mouse on the way, which is said to be the most rocking album of their career. And then you're hearing about Black Rock, there's no way they put them both out at the same time. It doesn't work that way. No, I guess not. Goodness. Although that Black Rock. Yeah album came out of nowhere. It kind of did. It did. I mean, and we were all really surprised and excited about it, actually. So so I I wasn't going to be surprised if a Black Rock 2 album came out, but maybe another time. Mm -hmm. Thanks for dropping by, Mel. No, thanks for having me. in stores this week, albums from George Benson, Death in Vegas, Dreamers of the Ghetto, and Feist has a new one called Metals. Indigo Girls have a new album, as does Merle Haggard. Ronan Keating and Burt Bacharach have a new collaboration. Julian Lennon's new album is called Everything Changes. Loney Deer, Hall Music is the name of the new one. Paul McCartney's Ocean Kingdom drops this week. There's also new albums from Mute Math, Scum, and there's The Lost Notebooks of Hank Williams. Some leftover lyrics set to song by people like Bob Dylan and Jack White, as well as a new album from Zola Jesus. Mod Selector, they're an electronic band from Berlin, have a new album called Monkey Town. This track features Tom York. It's called Shipwreck.
music news for music lovers. It's Music Heads from 89.3 The Current in with the next big thing. It's Melanie Walker. What you got today, Mel? Today, Bill, I've got the next big solo artist to come out of the UK. His name is Miles Kane. Miles from the band The Rascals and the Last Shadow Puppets. Yes, yeah. Miles Kane. Uh, he actually started in the band called The Little Flames, which we're not as familiar with here at The Current. Um, but uh, eventually a few members of that band uh, split off and formed The Rascals, which we did play quite a bit and had them down at South by Southwest a few years ago at, mm-hmm. at our stage. And The Rascals did fairly well. They toured with the Arctic Monkeys, and he and Alex Turner, the lead singer for the Arctic Monkeys, became really good friends. And uh, as a result of that, started that band The Last Shadow Puppets. Um, that, they were cool. I like that. Oh, it was a great made. album. Yeah. The Age of the Understatement. The Age yeah. of the Understatement mm-hmm. was the big track that we played, and that's also the title of the album. And it went uh, top 10 with that single over in the UK, and they also received a Mercury Prize nomination back in 2008. Mm-hmm. So after that project, the Rascals continued to uh, play gigs and do stuff, but eventually they broke up. And I don't think Miles was really ready to let go of his music career. So he decided to go solo, Bill. And uh, he's got this new album coming out, or it actually already came out in the UK. It's called Color of the Trap. And the reason why I think he's kind of the next big thing is because he's got all these great influences from the kind of, you know, UK pop heroes of the 90s. And I feel like that sound's been kind of dwindling and and it's not as predominant in a lot of the music that's coming out of the UK. But he's kind of carrying that Oasis torch. Yeah, um, he and and Noel are actually uh, buddies. Yeah, they are good friends. And Mm -hmm. on this new record that he made, they actually did a song together. Um, He made some He made a lot of Oasis kind of references in these songs on his new album, but Noel Gallagher actually sings backup on a a real T-Rexy loungy track called My Fantasy on the record, which is really great. Tricks are weak I'm ridiculed by my fantasy
like, you know, uh, people over in the UK really seem to love this kid. They really seem to embrace his music. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just, he's he's ready to go off on his own and make a name for himself. He's going to be touring with BDI, actually, on their tour. And I guess he's friends with both uh, ends of the I Oasis guess so. team. I guess so. I know. I thought that was a little bit interesting <laughs> yeah. when I read it. But Dan the Automator actually helped do the production on this record. Dan Carey helped on this record. Um, and I, I think he's going to be the next big thing. You know, a, a lot of the material on this record goes back to that Scott Walker, um, the love of Scott Walker's music that he had with Alex Turner right. um, on that last Shadow Puppets record. It's really, it's kind of bluesy and um, kind of got a little bit of a folk infected kind of sound in this rock record and very psychedelic, like bluesy psychedelic. I can feel you searching round my brain that, uh, you know, if he's going to be big over in the UK, all he needs is a great distribution deal over here in the States, and hopefully he'll take off. I really hope so. Yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt that he's actually been opening up for Arctic Monkeys over there, playing in front of, you know, ten to 15,000 people for for a while now. So Well, yeah. the one thing to think about, though, is that, you know, as, as influential as England is uh, on, on the world of music universally, um, it is a small world over there. Yeah, things so, can catch fire in a big hurry. And, and, and that's what I think has happened with Miles's new record but hopefully it's going to carry over over here it's got tons of great tracks on it there's a really bluesy acid garage kind of sounding track on it called inhaler um that i really loved and but it's the tight it's the track that is the lead single that i really loved the most a track called come closer that just sounds like it's just made for an ad bill i mean and i mean that in the <laughs> nicest way possible because it's so catchy and so infectious and i i really hope that people uh start uh keeping tabs on miles uh, Kane over here because he's really he's a hot new ticket coming over from the UK. Thank you so much for dropping by, Melanie Walker. Thanks, Bill. All right, talking about Miles Keane and his brand new album. So, what song do you think we should play, Melanie? I think we should listen to that track that I was referencing before. It's called "Come Closer" and it's off of his new record, "Color of the Trap." And here it is on Music Heads. What do I?
Now on Music Heads, it's time for the guest list spot. I'm Mark Wheat sitting in for Bill DeVille because I'm in studio with orchestral maneuvers in the dark and we're going to ask them what's on their iPod. So uh, Andy McCluskey, first up, what have you been listening to and uh, what's uh, working for you right now, Andy? I have become recently a huge fan of a Swedish singer called Robin. Ah, um, yeah, and I, I just think, think that uh, I mean, to be honest, now the 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 stuff that she put out is coming up for sort of eighteen months old. Right, but um, it's. There's a lot of electro that's very fashionable and current at the moment. Quite a lot of it, to be perfectly honest, sounds like people from another generation who just went and borrowed their mother's Depeche Mode first album right. and kind of copied it wholesale. But is that cool with you guys? I mean, I was, uh, you know, as pioneers of that sound, is it cool that uh, a lot of it is really hot right now? It, it's, it's, listen, it's really nice that it's hot. It's strangely disturbing that what we, 30 years ago, what we were trying to do as the future now seems to be a nostalgia version of the future that's back in fashion again. Right. Work that one out. <laughs> I know. Uh, it, th- that, that is slightly confusing. But um, I- I'm all for people who are actually trying to find their own way yeah. forward using electronic music. And, and I right. think that the reason why I like Robin is she has got a very distinctive and personal sound, which is her own. And right. she's not just copying things from the past. So, I mean, for example, I, I think that the album version of Dancing on My Own is just one of the beautiful tune that I've heard in years. Somebody said you got a new friend Does she love you better than I can? Big black sky over my town I know where you Humphreys up next. What's yeah. turning your crank? Well, you know, as going on from what Andy was saying about um, you know modern electronic music, I've been listening a lot to The Mirrors, a band called The Mirrors from Brightly, ah. um, and uh, I, I just love their debut album. I mean, I think they might be one of these bands we were talking about earlier about um, may may struggle in this climate to 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 get. Right. to get their career going but um but they're definitely worth checking out i mean they they sound like a modern beatles nice um uh, no sorry they, but, sorry they sound like a modern craft work but, <laughs> but they say. look like the beatles <laughs> <laughs> that's a great combination yeah. right there so uh, but yeah they've got uh, i listen to fear of drowning is probably my favorite song that they've done Sweet, and, uh, and we we found them on the internet, and we took them on the road for the last year, supporting OMD because we wanted to try to help them. And now the rain's falling in, greasing your skin.
critics. Uh, everybody is a critic. This is Music Heads from 89.3 The Current. Now time for the music meeting. Joining me is our afternoon host, Mary Lucia. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thanks, DeVille. Mm-hmm. And David Campbell, our local show host. Welcome aboard, David. What's going on, Bill? Not too much. Wild Flag is the hotly anticipated debut album from former Sleater Kenny bandmates, vocalist and guitarist Carrie Brownstein and drummer Janet Weiss. The group also consists of Mary Timoney, who was formerly of the band Helium on guitar, and Rebecca Cole, who was part of the Minders. She plays the keyboards. As for the music, Wild Flag's a rock band, influenced by everything from the Stooges to T-Rex, The Clash, and the Nuggets box. Their sound could almost be described as Babes in Toyland meets the Go-Go's. The album's full of great guitar riffs, some girl group woo-hoo harmonies, and the occasional tacky organ. Here's the album's first track, and I think the album's highlight. This is a track from Wild Flag's self-titled album, it's called Romance. You're on Music Cat. It's the new self-titled album. Mary, is it working for you? You know, Bill, I feel like I wish I had a little bit more time with this record. It's definitely one of those records that it, it did, I will be honest, it did not just completely grab me the first time I listened to it. And I also feel almost sexist for making the comparisons to bands like The Runaways and The Go-Go's, but I could mm-hmm. hear both of those bands in this record. I just don't know if the songs are completely there. And uh, for me, again, maybe it's something I just need to go back and listen to again. Mm-hmm. Any songs catch your ear right out of the gate, man? Actually, yes. The band, uh, Electric Band, was a song that kind of jumped up for me again. The, the As a whole, I feel like uh, I want to listen to a record as a whole and not just yeah. as singles. But I know that we've been playing a couple of different tunes, and this one kind of caught my fancy. I, I kind of had a feeling of that one because it really has that really late 60s, early 70s kind of riff-rocking sound that's kind of right up your alley. Definitely. So that one was for me, I think, yeah. Dave, is the album working for you? I'm, I'm sort of like you, Mary. I, I was really so-so on this record. I will say, this: the, as, as I got into it, 
further along, I started to enjoy it more, and I realized that this is the that this is like the play, the playful cousin of Slater Kinney. There's still like mm-hmm. some of the sort of shouty stuff. There's there's kind of the angular weirdness that they're into, but there's also uh, stuff that's just straight up pop music, and mm-hmm. well, through the you know the filter of Carrie Brownstein and Janet Weiss. Um, I really like the song Endless Talk. I thought that the, uh, I mean, you talked about the 60s influence. There's definitely like a whole girl group thing, the organ on there. Yeah, it's a Farfisa, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the old yeah. 96 Tears uh, trick. And there, so there's there's a few things on here that I thought were really fun um, and playful. Not, not that that's what always makes a great record, but there, there was a, the, the battle between the, the pop stuff and the sort of angular dissonant stuff mm-hmm. is what makes this record a little bit odd. It's like they can't quite meld the two together into one uh, cohesive idea. Well, I think it's kind of a nice mixed bag in in that regard. You know, it's like uh, Babes in Toylands meets uh, the Go-Go's or something like that. It really, that's a great example. It is. That's Mm -hmm. that's what it sounds like. follow-up to the, the Sleater-Kinney days, Mary? Yeah, actually, I do. You know, I mean, again, I think there's probably a lot of expectation when we first heard about Wild Flag, you know, the sort of borderline super group of ex-members of Sleater-Kinney, and I think there was probably a lot for them to live up to as far as the rocking goes, but mm-hmm. I, and I think that they do. I just don't know if the songs are completely as solid for me as I wish they were. Yeah, how about you, Dave? I feel sort of the same way, but at the same... Also, I am sympathetic to the idea that you can't be Slater Kinney. Right. From I mean, how old were they when they started Slater Kinney? And you know, now they're they're probably in their forties. They're coming up on their. I think they're their latter thirties. I just looked up Carrie Brownstein's age. I think she's thirty-seven. Tail end Mm -hmm. of the thirties, coming up on your forties. I mean, you can't be in a screaming, like heavy, you know, punk rock trio for. 20 years I mean maybe you can people who are in bands where there's such a specific I mean that was that is a revolutionary sound nobody was making anything you know quite like that and certainly not three women so um, I think the idea that they can still do some things that are reminiscent of that that flavor but then also experiment in Mm -hmm. in sort of the the playful pop world a little bit it might make this project um, more enduring over the long haul Bitumen B, Glandular Show. 
You're listening to Music Heads, music news for music lovers. It's time now for The Essentials, where we let you know what records are must-haves to any Music Heads collection. Joining me is our evening host, Mark Wheat. Hi, Mark. Hi, great to be back, Bill. Mm -hmm. What you got today, Mark? Well, it's always tough being a huge fan of a band, and anyone who's listened to the station for any length of time will know that I'm a huge fan of The Fall. Mm -hmm. This is an album called Hex Induction Hour. And it was recorded almost exactly 30 years ago in September 1981. And it was released in March 1982. And it's one of my favorites and I think seminal fall for a couple of reasons. First of all, this is seen as being one of the best conglomerations of musicians he ever brought together. And in my mind, it's special because it's an album that has two drummers on. I've always loved the sound of two drummers playing on full kits too, Paul Hanley and Carl Burns. And they never quite did it again the way they do it on this album. And that uh, multiple rhythm thing is really strong. And then Mark Riley and Craig Scanlon seem to be two of the best guitarists he's ever had in the band and they play off each other and I love the bass playing on this album too Steve Hanley is the bass player and why are they essential well it's when I try and explain I'm a huge fan but you got to explain why they're essential to other music heads and I would argue that there's no one who has done what Marky Smith has done with a band he's the only constant member of this band Mm -hmm. but they've been making albums now for over 30 three years and there's very few bands that can say that we just uh, said farewell to rem we're celebrating nirvana 20 years ago they made their seminal album and so um essentially this band or this man marky smith has been making this kind of contemporary modern music for a very long time and he's probably made more albums than any band in the same field yeah of the of the bands from that era i mean Who's left? Exactly. The Jam, The Clash, well, the Buzzcocks, I suppose, and yeah. and, and the Mekons. Yeah, yeah. And the, but they none of them have been as prolific. Most Wire. of them mm-hmm. have had downtime where yeah. they've never made an album. Mark has pretty much made an album almost one, one a year for mm-hmm. 34 years. So, again, that's a good experiment. it from a personal point of view um, obviously the effect of America you can hear it in the lyrics for the very first time their travels and what they did was they stopped off in Reykjavik Iceland on the way back home and actually had about three days of recording and some of the tracks from here there's one that is called Iceland 
which was specifically recorded in a lava-walled studio. And I've just been to Iceland, fell in, fallen in love with a lot right. of their music. And a lot of the contemporary Icelandic musicians will still say that they were heavily influenced by The Fall because they were one of the first British bands that actually stopped there, played a few shows and worked in the studio. So they got a heavy influence there. Um, and and so I think it's a kind of a capsule of a time where they were at the height of their creative power and they just discovered the rest of the world, literally, um, from the small kind of insulated UK um, indie rock scene that they'd grown up in. And a perfect song to express that in is Hip Priest, where Mark is basically saying, I am a hip priest and people are starting to copy me. I'm the teacher. Uh, and so he's gaining confidence and seeing where they are kind of situated in the indie rock sphere in the early 80s. I roll up for the underpants show And I hobble in you discover the farmer that's i always say it must have been john peel because i always say i listened to john when i was 13 14 years old under the covers and he was a huge fall fan in fact legend you know they they did more peel sessions than anybody else and uh he went on record as saying they they were his favorite band so they've had a soft spot in my heart because of that um and i and i think this was a time when actually i was i permanently moved over here in 84 so this was right around the time when i was thinking of doing that and thinking what should mm -hmm. i do in my life and uh i think that's why this album stuck with me because um it it kind of sounds like it's made on that precipice point where y you kind of got the confidence of youth and the world is your oyster and you just got to be shown which way to jump yeah one thing about the fall that i always thought was rather cool in the states is here's a band who got next to no airplay right yet they could roll into the twin cities which they did often mm -hmm. and they would draw a good crowd no not on seventh street entry in, right. in the main room yeah so how is it the fall were able to to make this thing happen a little bit in the states you i don't know i think they've always had a good fan base from musicians themselves mm -hmm. um I mean, if I was put on the spot and said, well, who's influenced by The Fall? There's not a lot of people who, for example, cover Fall songs. They're not a band that you cover very much. But you can hear their influence in bands like Pavement. They were, when they first came out, they were kind of self-confessed Fall fans. And Modest Mouse. I think if I had to encapsulate it, it's like, especially with this setup in the band, they encapsulated that cacophonous, almost going to collapse sound, where the sound, the song doesn't quite, seem like it's gonna hang together and they just teeter on that precipice the whole time of complete catastrophe and turmoil and i think real and um, i think musicians respect that they respect a band that can play with that that edge and that's why they always had a good reputation with a lot of musicians and and minneapolis st paul's always been a great musician's town so mm -hmm. that's maybe why they could do that here this one, I think, um, has a couple of uh, key elements that make it essential. First of all, it's called 
Hex Induction Hour. And it's exactly an hour long. I love that from a conceptual point of view. We've talked about the perfect length for an album, Mm -hmm. which could be 45 minutes, but I think they push it to an hour and you you think that's just enough. And they do that in a couple of ways. The last song, And This Day, I think, goes on for 10 minutes and 17 seconds. I think deliberately to make up the hour. You know, they they didn't have any other songs. Secondly, when it was an an album... The, you, had to, you had to flip it over. Yeah, had to flip so you it over. Thirty minutes aside, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the the <laughs> last song on the first side and track six is winter, um, and then the first song on the second side is winter too, and it actually fades out in what is essentially the middle of the song, and then fades back in uh, on the second side, which I've never heard anyone else do that, and it was just a great way of playing with the medium that you're on, and even now when they do it on CD. They have the fade in between the two sure. parts. Um, so I think conceptually it holds together. It makes an, a, a few nice points like that. And to be honest, it's there's no big classic pop hits on here, mm-hmm. but I think there are some classic fall songs, what they were striving for, the classical hit priest, Iceland even, um, and who makes the Nazis. All right. Mark Wheat, thanks so much for dropping by. It's the Hex Induction Hour, the essential album from the fall. Mark? What song should we listen to? Um, <laughs> if you had to pick one. <laughs> if I had to pick one, I guess it would be Hip Priest. I think this, um, he's always had a great way with words, and I love the uh, element of confidence and self-referential self-doubt that's creeping in in the lyrics to this one. All right. Thank you, Mark Wheat. White Collar Hex Motorway Services. And from the eyes you can see they know it's the head priest. been Music Heads from 89.3 The Current and Minnesota Public Radio. I want to thank my colleagues for contributing to the show, including Mark Wheat, Mary Lucia, and David Campbell. Big props to Andy McCluskey and Paul Humphreys of OMD for chatting with us about some of the music they love. As always, special thanks to executive producer Melanie Walker and to Derek Stevens for helping to make this show happen, and to our intern, Alex Wright. Thanks to members of Minnesota Public Radio and The Current for making shows like this one happen, and thanks to you for listening. Find us at thecurrent.org slash musicheads. And we'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek of a track by the Welch band Los Campesinos. They have a new album called Hello Sadness, which is due in mid-November. They've described the album as a bare-bones documentation of breaking up. And here's a tune from that album. This is called By Your Hand. We'll catch you in a week. We'll catch you in a week.